Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us here at She Works. We are back with another very, very important discussion today. So I am your host in our virtual studio. You guys know you can follow me at Nita Works. Hey, everybody. This is Meg. You can follow me on Facebook at Meg Cohen or on Instagram at Meg underscore 1913. We're going to have to get her a shorter IG handle. We just I feel like she says a whole paragraph. <laughs> Listen, remember, I wasn't even on Instagram I know, at one I know. point. All right. Works has brought me back. Let me, let me stop Don't messing up the me. intros. Let me stop messing up the intros. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who else we got with us today? Hey, guys, it's Danita. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can follow me on Twitter, Danita LaShawn Platt. Now, that was long. I know she, she had that government middle name in it. She did, because that wasn't on it at first. <laughs> and hi, guys. This is Akima. You can follow me at Princess Akima on all social media platforms. Y'all know she always got that sultry voice. Just hello. Social media. Yes. I love it. I love you guys. I miss, I can't wait till we get back into a regular studio. But moving right along, you guys can catch all of our previous episodes if you go onto our website at divemedia.co and you can look at all of our podcasts, all of the ones that we have, but particularly you guys want to catch up. We got the holiday breaks coming, so it's a perfect time to, um, you know, Watch it and listen to it on Apple. Give us ratings and reviews. We always appreciate those apples um, and those reviews. So today we have a very special guest co-host with us um, all the way from the southern tip of the eastern shore of Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Heidi. Welcome, Heidi. Hello, I am very, very honored to be here and just be able to share my story and be a sounding board for so many women. So I'm just, I'm just in awe right now. Just, it just feels, it's really great. I really appreciate it. Well, we're so glad that we can we can give you all the feels. So today's topic, awesome. guys, it is definitely going to be one that is a very sensitive subject. Um, so we'll go ahead and put this disclaimer and kind of warning out there. If this is um, an area that that is near and dear to your heart, dealing with infertility and struggle struggling through that process of wanting to have children um, and you are not quite at a place where you want to discuss that, you might want to pause this episode for now. But for those who are looking to, um, you know, have some encouragement for those who are looking to um, finally have a place where you hear women sharing their stories, being vulnerable, you want to definitely turn that dial all the way up. So um, we are definitely so grateful to have um, not only Heidi with us today, but also our wonderful, wonderful, faithful co-host Akima, who's also going to share, you know, in her story as well, dealing with, um, you know, family planning and, you know, what that journey has been like. So um, I wanted to start off with um, Heidi and just ask the question, um, you know, you you and your husband have been trying to have children and you do not have children yet. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Did you ever think this would be your story? Like growing up, were you always thinking about, oh, I'm going to name my kids this and it's just going to be this easy? And did you ever think this would be your story? No, I did not. Um, I can remember being a teenager and actually not really... No, I'm not going to say I didn't want children, but I've always wanted to be like a nurse, and, and which I am a nurse, I'm a registered nurse. So I've always kind of thought about my career and I didn't really 
it's not that I didn't want children, but I wasn't the type of person that was like, oh, all my life, I just want to be a mom. Um, that was not my story. My story was, I want to be a nurse. And I know that that's, I knew that was going to be part of my story was to be a mom, but I had no idea that infertility would be that part of the story. That was something that um, nobody in my family has infertility. So when that, when that became part of my story and part of who I am, it was, it just, it just like rocked my world. It just was not something that I was going to go through. I, I can yeah. imagine. Uh, Akima, what about, um, what about you guys? Did you ever think that this would be something, you know, that would be this difficult or was it, you know, I really wasn't thinking about it. I'm living my best life. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this whole marriage has been difficult. So it's just kind of, <laughs> and listen, pause. Pause for you all who don't know that. That has nothing to do with my husband. But if anyone who knows our story. Thank you. Go ahead, go ahead like, and clarify. You can go ahead and clarify oh, since we have well, this old tell intimate. Story. Just tell a story. Because it, just a, <laughs> no, okay. So for um, you all who don't know, my amazing husband and I married a little over 12 years. And, uh, um, the short, really sad part of that is the day that me and this man got married is also the day my mother passed away. And so we started marriage not in like, oh, I love you. We're just going to be bunned up and sex and everything and doing all the things like you're literally dealing with probably the hardest loss I've ever dealt with. Even now being almost 40, it is still the hardest thing that I've ever like experienced in life, even more honestly than the not having children. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of... Did I ever think this was my story? I'll give a two-part answer. One is, I remember after my mother passed, telling the Lord that I didn't want kids because I didn't think that I was going to be able to do it without her. And so I have since, you know, repented. And I remember there were times where I thought like, oh, because I had those feelings in my heart. That's why we don't have no kids because I done said I ain't want them because mm. I had this like, because, you know, there's so many things you expect your mother to be there with she's going to be there to you have your first period she's going to teach you how to take care of that right she's going to teach you how to uh, put your little corsage on when the guy picks you up for prom and so when it came to well now she's gone I don't want these kids because like who's going to be there to help me through pregnancy through those you know come stay with you for a couple of months after you have them um the and I'm sorry that was the one thing I wanted to share in the other piece is slipping my mind right now oh so there are others so different than Heidi and I won't disclose which family members because that's their story to share but on both my side as well as on my husband's side there are individuals who are you know twice or greater my age who were unable to have children. And so we are are not the first um, lineage or generation to not be able to have kids. Gotcha. Do you think, how has that, um, Akimi, we'll stay with you um, since you were just finished talking. How has the fact that you and your spouse don't have kids yet, how has it impacted your marriage relationship? Um, So, I'll tell you the feedback that I get from parents. They be like, you and this man be having a good time because the flip side of like not having children is like, and y'all can't see me, but like, I don't look like I'm almost 40. I'm going to my own horn. I don't look like I'm up at night. Nobody been nursing. I don't have, I'm just saying, you know, (laughs) mothers be talking about these kids be nursing and nipples are falling and, you know, I'm just telling you, no one has... Oh, I'm sorry. We talk. I don't know about the nipples falling. Oh, yeah. You can get it reattached. Mm -hmm. Wait, I'm sorry. Let's. I'm sorry. The nipples do what? (laughs) 
you can they fall. You, you can get in, and it's not everybody it's don't not everybody. everybody it's not everybody oh, so okay. don't think everybody who's nursed their babies had their nipples <laughs> reattached that's not oh, what we talking about they were this reattached. my nipple did not fall off <laughs> right please um, god I did hear so, you about know, a lady able- who was taking care of her baby. Oh, I'm sorry. She was taking care of her baby. She went to shut the dresser drawer after she had just nursed and, and caught it in there mm-hmm. and she had to have hers. God, I'm Mercy. asking Mercy. that she just can't not let that be a part of any <laughs> the testimonies of the ladies on this phone call she's saying that. Okay. Mercy. No, okay, no sorry. more. All right. Oh we God, we digress. That. Sorry, guys. We, we, see. No, and I, and I took us there. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's okay. Um, but so going back to the question at hand was, you know, how has this impacted? That was part of my answer. I think okay. y'all just took it to another place. Oh, so we um, took it to no, another place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, so the, these are the good things, right? Because everyone always talks about like the things that like, oh man, you know, we we missing out and we're going to get too old and we're going to be 50 and them kids going to be two and like those things. Are, but I'm like, well, me and this man have been able to build so many things together. Me and this man, like our relationship is like Trump tight and because there hasn't been competition for emotions you know what I mean a competition for time outside of like you know work and businesses that we run so we've been really able to like I think not some things that I think maybe some other couples who've been married for the duration that we have been but have had to and you know, there's a competing priority the same way I feel like the Lord makes space for us with our partners them kids come in you gotta make space for these kids with your partner with your time with the Lord so that has been I think a plus to this and then you know the flip side of it is that like yeah you do be wanting some kids because like you just be wanting something else to do so it's both but I definitely feel like there's been some good with it yeah that's awesome to hear Akima that you that it has actually um strengthened your marriage and made you guys even stronger um so Heidi I have the same question for you if this has impacted your marriage at all how has it impacted it well it has impacted it on a positive. I mean, you know, we have been through so much because we've been trying to conceive for 13 years and wow. we did seven rounds of infertility treatments. Um, we have three angel babies, um, which we've had three miscarriages. So hmm. I just, just having someone to go through, you know, it, it's been very hard. But I'm so proud that we were able to go through it together. And um, because it will, I know it can break your marriage. And I'm very, very grateful that while it is hard, very, very hard, um, it has caused us to really cling tighter. Just be, you know, know what's important, know what's valuable. And I'm just so thankful that we are still together fighting for you know our baby so and that's that's just it's amazing because it could it could not end up that way so I'm just very very thankful yeah I definitely I love to hear that I love to hear that it has brought you guys closer so what would you say the hardest part of it was as far as the impact on your marriage um gosh let me see I think it just I think you have to invite, you have to evaluate yourself as a person and you have to be able to like you, you think, you know, your husband and you do, but when you start really getting into hard, deep stuff, 
it makes you really evaluate each other and you really learn more about each other. So kind of just understanding well, I didn't really know that about you until we had to go through deep, deep waters. Mm. Yeah. So I think with, with that being said, I wanted to know um, from Akima and then Heidi, I'll come back to you. Has this ever like, thwarted your view of yourself as a woman not being able to um, bear a child you know as of right now have you ever had feelings um, about feeling less than a woman I mean and I'll say I've I've had three children and I had all of my three children by a cesarean section and there was a part of me that felt like I was a little robbed of the birthing process because I didn't like I hear that. push them through the birth canal. And so there was a little part of me that felt, I don't know that I would say a little less than a woman, but it somewhere floating around there. You just, you know, mines was just cut out of me. They was, <laughs> they was just cut out like aliens. I mean, <laughs> you know, I didn't go, I didn't bear down. I didn't get to 10 centimeters and, you know, I did, I, they brought the baby. I couldn't hold the baby, you know, cause I was so out of it from all of the, um, you know, medications and stuff. But have you have you ever had any, you know, just fleeting thoughts like that about, you know, how how you see yourself as a woman? I guess fleeting means that they didn't stay long. So no, they, those those thoughts linger. But I won't say so much as a woman as much as a wife, because I feel like if I was unmarried and wow. didn't have no kids, then it's like never mm-hmm. but there is that part of you that wants to i mean you love your man you want to produce children for him you want that to be a part of um like oh that's a little me little you and this is this little thing we put together that look like us sound like us uh, uh, you know highlights all your bad habits you know all those things you, all of your bad that. habits all of them yes <laughs> um, i mean i wasn't coming for nobody in particular but you know um so I think that part is a thought that has to be like, ooh, is that like you, you you feel that I haven't been able to do this for him as if it's like your burden? Because I, and Hyatt, I know you're going to talk um, afterwards, but there is a part of this um, not having kids yet. And for you all, this is a yet for us. Yes. I just want to make sure I say that now. Yes. You'll hear me say that repeatedly. Amen. Um, there's a part of that that makes it feel like there's something up with the woman's body. But I think that that has to deal with like our medical system. And I know we're going to probably get into some of that in a moment here, but it feels like um, there's something wrong with you when this doesn't happen and you haven't been able to do something for your husband. Um, And unlike, you know, Heidi's story in terms of um, we we haven't had any miscarriages, you know what I mean? I have not even had the, um, experience and the heartbreak related to that. So Heidi, thank you for sharing that. You know, I've never, we've never conceived, like we have come together and we've never even had the potential for that yet. So, but that's the part I would say, Shanita, there is that like, we haven't been, I haven't been able to give my husband a baby is his. So. Okay. Before I go to Heidi, I want to, I want to pin another question in here. So when you said, um, that last statement about I haven't been able to do it for him and maybe it makes you look at being a wife differently. Um, was Is there one spouse that's driving it more? Like, is there one spouse that's like, you know, I definitely want this to happen and it's like, all right, well, well, well let's see. Or, or is it both like we're equally, you know, like as eager and it's 100-100 or is it like 70-30? Is it like 60-40? Like, you know, is there a driver, you know, with, um, you know, 
family planning and wanting to have, you know, children? That changes depending okay. upon the season. There have been instances where it's been my thing, my thing, you know, especially, you know, not the, no one knows a few years ago when we went to the doctor to see what's up, right? Because after a while, you're like, all right, well, what's going on? And then we didn't do, we went through all the tests. During that season, I was very eager because I was looking for an answer. I'm like, oh, maybe it's they check your tubes and make sure nothing's blocked. I had to go in during my menstruation cycle, make sure my eggs were good. They tested my blood. I mean, they it's some wretched testing that they do, but I went through every single wow. test. And my husband, and I won't even disclose the test they put him through, but needless to say, after all that was done, I, Heidi, you know, <laughs> you know all the tests. They got to make sure that you know we are Boy. good to go, right? And um, nothing. Okay, guys, nothing. Nothing came up on any test that said, "Oh, well, Akima, the reason why you haven't been able to get pregnant is due to this. Oh, it's due to that. It's due to this diagnosis. There is nothing. When I tell you nothing, and so at that, I think after that point, I. And it was like, well, so now we wait. And now we're in this pray and wait place opposed to, I think before I was like very, you know, adamant. Yeah, and so yeah. I would say probably now my husband is probably more of a driving force. And it doesn't mean that I don't want kids. I just think now because I'm just kind of like, well, I would have done something, you know, like if they had came back and been like, yo, X, Y or Z, I'd have been I'd have waited out. It'd been hard. But I think I would have pursued it because everything came back just like nothing. You're kind of like. Oh, okay. So we're waiting. Okay. All right. So let's go back to Heidi. Those questions. Um, Lord, I didn't forget where the questions were. This is so good. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's getting in there. Who's the driving force? Which spouse is being more um, adamant? And then also, do you feel like you woman, woman inadequate as a woman? Yes. There we go. Thank you. Um, I do feel inadequate because that is what women are supposed to do. We are yeah. supposed to conceive and carry, and I can't do either. Um, so it does, um, I mean, I, I've kind of moved past it because it's just not in the, well, never say never. I don't know what God's plan is, um, but it doesn't appear <laughs> that it's in the cards. Right. So yes, mm. I do. It does. It does sing a little bit. I cannot stand the pregnancy jokes. Um, so it does sing a little bit because, and I know it's no harm in it. And I mean, until you've walked through it, you just don't know. Right. You just don't know. Um, so yes, I do feel inadequate, but um, I, I've been given this mountain for a reason. So. I have to look towards that and not really focus on, on that. And the driving force, it's, it's me. Um, <laughs> I know that Daniel wants children. I know he does. Um, but I think that the reason I'm a driving force is because I have a big family and I have tons of nieces and nephews and he's an only child and his mom's an only child. So I want very much for him I know the love of a child. I, I, we have like three angel babies, like three miscarriages, but I know the love of a child. I see it every day in my yeah. job yeah. and I want to bring that home. Yes. And um, so I think that's why I'm the driving force. I know that Daniel's hopping along on the train <laughs> willingly, <laughs> but I'm driving it. 
So that's awesome that yeah. you both have the support. Um, you know, it's it's no one is it doesn't appear from what you guys have just shared. Um, the both of you that n- neither spouse is a like you dragging them, you know, like right <laughs> kicking and screaming. <laughs> Um, and so, and, but you know, maybe. well, maybe, maybe but, it's <laughs> um, you know, the next question I think I wanted to just throw out is, be, you know, because we are women of faith and we are believers and, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, we say a lot is that God doesn't entrust everyone with hard times and difficulty because he knows where his true you know, believers will come out on the other side. Doesn't mean, you know, we don't have the moments of tears and sadness and frustration and anger and jealous. You know, sometimes you may look at other people with, you know, multiple kids and, you know, the family photos and everyone has on all these Christmas pajamas and, you know, it may be a trigger. And so, but the Lord knows what we're made of and he knows those things that um, are the most challenging. Those are the things that sharpen us. And those are the things that he already knew from the foundation of the world. He knew that he could trust a, a Kima and a Heidi with still giving his name glory through very trying times of trying to, you know, plan a family. It's like, God, I want to build a legacy, but you won't give me one. And so we're we going to be honest and, and put all those, you know, those feelers out there. So, um, but since we are women of faith, you know, how has it tested your faith? I know, you know, um, Heidi, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, just being able to see some things in your spouse that you didn't really know was there. But your faith, like how is how has it affected your faith? I think my journey is what has given me my faith. Um, I've, I've always been a Christian, but and I don't have like a divine moment where I can remember that exact moment. I just know that battling infertility and um, and miscarriage that it started when we did IVF and um, but I and I'm good like 90% of the time maybe even 95% of the time I'm great I am hopeful I am optimistic and my, my tank is full and I'm good and but then I have those moments where and it could be something as simple as a pregnancy announcement or a family photo or a child's birthday, just anything. And um, I just break. And I I know that um, I know that that's important because I know that God doesn't expect me to, I'm not supposed to be strong all the time. I just can't. So when I have those, yes, when I have those moments, I get mad. I do. And I cry. And then I pick myself up and um, I keep on keeping on. But it's hard. It's hard. Um, I have a a question for um, you, Heidi and Akima. Um, And ladies, again, thank you so much just for being vulnerable and courageous enough to share, excuse me, the battle that you all are ha- that you all are facing daily because yes. this sounds like this is an everyday thing like this is not just I deal with it in January and then February through July I'm fine <sighs> but this is an everyday decision to get up and keep moving and keep trusting the Lord so um, just really grateful for that um, my question is do you all feel like um, I have two questions the first question is do you all feel like you 
have had a word from the Lord, like the Lord has said, you will be a mother. And so this is just the journey I, you know, I'm going through. I have to hold on to this word, no matter what it looks. I have to believe what God said, because I will be a mother. Or is this more of a, I am just choosing to believe that God is going to give me the desire of my heart. Come what may, I'm going to believe it. Um, either way. And my second question is what on this journey, what have you all tried so far? Um, like, you know, the IVF, the ado- you know, possibly adoption, all of those things. I'm like, how do you want to go with <laughs> Like, mm, let me go ahead and swallow on that one. You can go first. I'm going to answer the second one. Um, I'm going to answer the second one first because I think that that'll be an easier one for me to answer <laughs> in terms of like, what have we tried? So um, for, you know, inquiring minds, you know, uh, my husband and I have not tried any um, anything outside of good old practice. Consummation. Good old, you know. Good old practice. <laughs> <laughs> and um and and I'll and I'll tell you I I just want to say this for anyone who needs to hear this you you know we all have free will and so for those who I, I know tons of people who tried it and people who don't I know people who have gotten pregnant from it and people who haven't so I, I'm not here to get on any sort of a soapbox or high horse about what people should and shouldn't be doing I think at the end of the day you and your partner should choose but I also know that there are people who wanted to know this about me and who have never asked me and I'll tell people I have that for me this is going to go into Meg to your first question but I wanted to answer it second for me this has been a um the Lord has already entrusted a lot to my husband and I um and because we have used our time very wisely not so we talk about all the like oh the fun and the games that we just so as one i also watch some of the other things that have been entrusted to us with this free time and this extra energy and the resources and things that he's given us and how it has been um we've already begun to receive things from the lord as it relates to this and so we know that we will continue to be entrusted with um with that and Martin has told me that we will be parents and so that is just something that we got years ago and again we're at this point to see what the manifestation of that is because we have a mindset of what we think that means you this person pregnancy you have the baby and I will tell you for here and now we are open to however that looks and that's not even only yeah. saying things like adoption I mean however he brings what he's going to entrust to us including these kids that are going to come we're here and we're open to receive I, I already know that we're already been recipients of things because we have taken this time not as a why not me but okay because you have us waiting on some things he's been able to entrust us with some other things right now and currently and we are being um good stewards over that amen such a mature mm. such a mature perspective appreciate that and Heidi what about for you um I'm gonna answer I think your first question first um I feel like I'm a little bit mixture of both of those I um my favorite favorite scripture is Jeremiah 29 11 for I know the plans. So yes, I, cl- I, yes, I, it's my t-shirt. I got my t-shirt. It's, it's, I have a nursery <laughs> ready. It's, it's all over my house. Yes. I mean, that is my scripture. Um, so, and I've always believed this dream of, of having a baby is in my heart and I know that God put it there. And 
So I do believe that we will be birth parents. Um, Amen. I already know that if, but also if it doesn't happen, even if um, when I get to heaven, I'll be a, I'll be with my babies. So I pray very much to be an earth mama because I want to know what that feels like. Um, I, I'm sure it's not going to compare at all to being in heaven with them, but um, I just want to be um, a, a birth mom. So I have an even if, but I also have a, it's, it's, I want it's going to happen because the dream was placed there and he remembers the Baron. And there's just so many scriptures yeah. that I, I think about um, that want me that help me believe that. And I just, I have to believe that. So, so that's that question. And then what have we tried it all? <laughs> we <laughs> From did, the root uh, to the tutor. <laughs> uh, you got it. So we tried on our own. Then we did seven rounds of what's called in vitro fertilization, where they actually um, take, retrieve eggs, retrieve sperm, make little babies, um, and then put them in, your uterus um and then they hope hopefully they implant we actually did that seven times wow. um over a yes girl over a five four year um period and um out of those seven tries we did what's we did five transfers we had five transfers and two of those transfers resulted in a pregnancy that i later miscarried um and then the other three embryos just did not implant they don't really call that a miscarriage but there was a baby there and it didn't Mm. stay so um and then our last our last um cycle that we did was actually something unique called a donated embryo so if you're lucky to do IVF and you get multiple eggs and multiple embryos which we were not lucky we struggled we um with getting just enough embryos for me um so we did a donated embryo where they can, if you're lucky enough to have lots of embryos, you get to, you can donate them to couples who wow. want, um, who want a baby. Yeah, it's cool. It's also called snow babies or, um, but it's for wow. early adoption. Wow. So yeah, it's cool. So, and it was, it's really weird because when we did that, we were trying to find a couple like us that looked like us. And um, so we did a transfer of that embryo and, and that embryo didn't work. It didn't take either. So at that point, and that was in 2000, that was June 20th, 2015. Hmm. We stopped um, everything. I kind of boycotted all medications, all anything medical. I just forget it. I don't want anything. Yeah. And um, took a two year break. I got my bag, went back to school, got my bachelor's degree. And then I, uh, my heart started to heal and I think Daniels did too. And we had this discussion where it was like, okay, now what, what are we going to do? Right. So we started the adoption process and we have been, um, we're home study approved and we have been a waiting family for three years. Never, I still didn't, I didn't think it would be this long, Mm. but, um, and you know, part of it has a lot to do with, are we have a small agency, um, But we just this week signed with a consulting company. So I'm very excited about that because they work with 30 to 40 agencies. Um, So Mm. it's more exposure. So I'm I'm feeling so 
I don't know if it's my heart or my head, but I'm feeling so. <laughs> I don't do that. I'm feeling so positive about um, 2021. So, awesome. yeah. And then after, before adoption and after IVF, I went back to my GYN just for a regular visit. And he's like, well, I'll put you on Clomid, which Clomid is like the starter drug. Um, it's what they give um, people to help them ovulate. And, he's, and um, it was Dr. Scott. Meg, I don't know if you know Dr. Scott, but um, I he's like, I'll put you on Clomid. No, he was, he's retired, but he was great. I mean, he was such a, a strong person. He's like, I just wish I could help you. I wish I could help you. But um, so, I mean, yeah, we went from the extreme of IVF to the, to Clomid and um, just, we just tried it all and it didn't work, but there's a reason for that. I don't know why, but there's a reason. But I think one of the things that, you know, I'm hearing from both of you ladies stories is that, um, you know, your heart continues to stay open to, however God is going to bring that, you know, to pass, you know, the fact yeah. of having children. And I have, I personally know of a couple of families um, who've also struggled with infertility um, that went through the IVF process. And it was a lot. I mean, it was, you know, we would get daily um, updates from, you know, our friend and just about, you know, the hormones and what they were doing to the body and it's making her crazy. And it was just a lot. And so then another couple, um, they believed, you know, in their heart of hearts that they were going to conceive it the good old natural fashion way and they weren't open to any of the um, alternative methods. And I think that is a conversation that I was so glad that um, we brought here to the table because one couple in particular was told by some Christian leaders, um, and I know Danita's going to jump in here any minute, they were told by Christian leaders <laughs> that you're not trusting in the Lord if you do IVF. That, you know, if for you to for you to take these matters into your hand to try to create your own baby, you know, only God creates. I mean, they were giving them the blues. And this was like a well-known Christian organization. We will leave names out. <laughs> um, and, you know, they were heartbroken. They had given their lives to serve in this ministry. And this was the response from their leadership that you don't trust God. Because you are not patient enough to wait on him for him to bring you a baby the regular way. And so, you know, my my thoughts to that is go sit down somewhere and you let Correct. people walk through what they need to walk through. God has given us medical doctors and intervention um, to use at our disposal for a reason. Right. Because what I would say to that person, that leader, if you had a loved one right on ICU deathbed and they said this one surgery could save their life you gonna you just gonna trust God and just decline the surgery no so you know I get really irritated sometimes when I hear leadership being so haphazard and how they counsel people and dealing with some very difficult situations right and so I think that you know it really um, just it, it, Meg, what's the thing? Boils your grits, your grits, your britches, something. Overcooks my grits. It overcooks my grits. I have to, I'm, I'm going to get that term together <laughs> in one of these episodes, but it, it overturns my grits to hear, um, you know, overcooks, you, overcooks, not overturn. What am, I'm right. churning butter. I don't know what I'm talking about today. Y'all know I'm tired. <laughs> it's the end of the weekend. But anyway, um, you know, just, but I'm so glad to hear, um, you ladies, you know, maybe you did have that experience and you totally just dismissed it. But the fact that you were able to push through and figure out what is the best option for each of you, which it seems to be very different, you know, and it doesn't have to be one way 
or no way. Yeah. You know, if, you know, we all know Akima is a, you know, natural guru, right? And so for her and her, her spouse, it didn't really make sense to do a bunch of the medications and the drugs right now because they couldn't give them, you know, from what I heard, a medical diagnosis of infertility. They were just like, I don't know why it's not happening. Y'all just keep trying. Mm. So, I mean, there is no right or wrong answer here, guys. Like, there is no right or wrong answer. So, um, but I'm, I'm glad to hear. Can I touch on that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I just, I just wanted to say that just from my, my perspective is that, I don't know, you know, when you do this, when you go through infertility, each step, you can't move on to it until you're actually ready. You know, like there was a, I fought every step of the way. I really did. Like when we were trying to conceive naturally and it couldn't, it didn't happen. I can remember saying, I'm not going to do IVF. No, no, no. And then I realized, I was like, okay, it's almost like a loss. Like, you know, you grieve the loss and it's you just people would say to me when I was doing IVF oh why don't you just adopt and no no I don't I don't want to adopt no no and I'm in the process so I just you know I think that you just have to you go at your own pace and you know each step yeah absolutely you do it when you're ready you do it I didn't I knew you I knew you was coming in here go ahead go ahead go ahead and take it away girl Um, so thank you guys for sharing your stories. It, it, I knew that this episode was going to be challenging in terms of just, you know, I'm thinking about the listeners and I'm thinking about, you know, all of us sitting here and, and participating and everything. And it has just been, yeah, just thank you for sharing your stories. You know, Shanita, you know, I got a thousand things to say <laughs> about somebody telling somebody. <laughs> That's just absolute nonsense. Um because at the end of the day, you have to do yes. what resonates with you, you know, and if it resonates with you that, like you said, Heidi, in the moment, in the space and place that we're in right now, this is how we're going to handle this, then amen. And if that looks like IVF, if it looks like um, adoption, whatever it looks like, you know, that it would look like that. Um, I, I wasn't going to share, I wasn't going to share this, but I'm going to share it now. Hopefully as an encouragement um, to you, Heidi, and, and to Akima. I mean, y'all know, Heidi doesn't know, I'm adopted. I was adopted when I was, um, I was given up, I was put in foster care when I was born and then adopted when I was two. And I just recently um, came into contact with my biological family on both sides and found that I had a whole brother. Wow. So same mother, same father um, that's out there. I have a whole sibling out there. Um, so I, I say that to say, um, if adoption is on your heart, you know, as someone who, who was adopted, um, one, thank you for considering it Two, um, you know, my position as someone adopted is family is as family does yes, not as you're born into. Yep. It's just, it's family is as family does. So if these are the people who are doing it then that's family. You know, um, and and I have never felt anything other than the mother, the child of my mother and father <laughs> and the sister to my brothers and the sister to my sister and the aunt to my nieces. You know, I've never felt um, anything other than this is my family, even though I knew that I was not born to these people from you know, I was two when I was adopted. So 
I knew that my mother was a, a lady who was taking care of me, but I never felt that she was anything other than a mother to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect so sense. it's it's the babies, you know, they grow in your heart. Yes. You know, as they say, maybe, you know, doesn't have to be the one that grows under your heart, as they say. Um, and you, and my thoughts on just, just the infertility and the challenges there, you know, I have two boys, um, they're 16 and 15 from a previous marriage. Um, I had my tubes tied after, at the moment that they took Michael out, that they cut me open in the name of Jesus. (laughs) I said, tie these tubes. No, no, sir, don't leave. <laughs> no, no, don't leave. Don't take that scrub off. Come on back in here and tie these tubes. Because I had them 14 months apart. So yeah. I was full of hormones. I was full of it all. Um, and not realizing at the time, I realized later that it wasn't that I didn't want to have more kids. I didn't want to have any more of his kids. Right. So, you know, that's ah. that's the short answer okay. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so now, and here podcast. I am. And that's another podcast. That's another, that's another podcast. podcast. <laughs> we getting that's into it in twenty twenty one, y'all. <laughs> Great, grateful for the you know my my children are amazing and yes. I love them you know tremendously. Um, but the decision to the elective, you know, the elective surgery of having my tubes tied. What I didn't know at the time was that what was factoring into all that was more my marriage than it was my motherhood, yes. and there was no one really to say, "Hey, wow. Danita." This is not that. This is this. So think about that. Um, so now here I am remarried and my husband does not have any biological children. Um, he is 100 percent dad. There no, there's no step anything over here because they don't step bills. I love it. They don't step responsibilities. Ain't no step mortgage payments. Ain't no step light bills. <laughs> None of that. Ain't no step when some, you know, when the kids you know, getting a little heartbroken. It's no step. Okay. I love it. I love um, that. (laughs) So it's mom and dad and the kids and that it is what it is. Um, but my husband does desire to have, you know, to have children. And I, I desire to give him children, even though he and I are of the same mind that the two that I had coming into this marriage are his, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have had two angel babies during our marriage um, which were complete surprises because my tubes are tied. Wow. So it's sort of like that sort of, you know, space that you find yourself in where you're like, I did, I, I did this to myself in a space when I wasn't really paying attention or I didn't really know what to look for. And then you come back around to, well, now here I am. Well, something's working, something's getting through, but you know, that, that didn't hold, that didn't last. Right. So, right, something is I do like that. Something's getting through. <laughs> Some some got through all right. (laughs) Some got through. Um, And, you know, it it, it is, it's just a very interesting space to be in as a woman. And my heart, you know, my heart goes out to you, to both you guys, goes out to all of us because, you know, this whole thing is a lot. It's a lot. And thankfully, you know, God is faithful and he's with us through all of it. And um, the story that we tell, I think, is is really for whoever's listening to it, yeah. you know, as we yeah. as we navigate through it. Tanita, thank you for sharing yeah, that. I, I didn't know that. Wow. That was very courageous of you. I wasn't going to share it. You said I sat here the whole time quiet. I wasn't going to say nothing. That's like because <laughs> the, the Lord... 
The Lord right. needed to get that story out of there. Yes. Got to Got to share your story. Got to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Akima, did you have any um, thing else to share? I mean, we're gonna wrap it up here. Come around third base. We we didn't want to make this too long because it's such a heavy, you know, topic. You know, very very right. intimate. Um, but we are going to um, just kind of do a recap. Not a recap. That's not the right word. We're going to do a. Um, I'm gonna call it the She Works Training Minute. And what we're gonna do is I'm gonna ask both of you something you wish people would stop saying to you as it relates to you know, children and how can friends and family be more supportive? You know, is, is there something that um, can be said or done in this realm? So, um, but I'm gonna go ahead and let Akima uh, jump in here. Well, all right. Um, before I knew Shane was gonna do that, the thing I was gonna share was that I feel like my story, like what Danita just said, Someone's going to learn of my story even after my transition from here and be encouraged in their faith. So yes. when she said it, I was like, oh, absolutely. Because when we read like the Bible, and I know we got real biblically today, huh, Meg? Real biblically. <laughs> but it's like, it's really the thing that anchors you in these difficult times. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's what holds on to you. I think the thing that people could stop saying and also how people can be supportive are the same thing, which is please don't be afraid to talk to me about this. I don't have a lot of the, oh, when y'all have some kids, people just don't talk to me about it. So I don't have too many places to talk to people about it because they're so afraid that she's, she, I don't know if she's fragile and <laughs> she might not want to talk about this and it just might be too much. So then you know what that looks like? then I got nobody talking. So I'm like, my oh. thing is, and I think my closer, closer relationships mm. know that, but I'm like, people be like, they want to tiptoe around it. And, you know, if you don't got no news, I remember for a season, my husband and I used to send out emails to like our parents, to our siblings, to our, you know, aunts, uncles, just to kind of keep people updated. And, you know, just because when we thought, again, this is back when we were going through all those things in the medical system. But yeah, that would be my thing is like, don't afraid and you can approach the conversation without the judgment but don't be afraid like well I don't know how to say it right so I'm not going to say anything opposed to no let that individual guide the conversation but don't be afraid to engage in the conversation because we need to talk about this the same way I need to talk about any other difficult thing that I'm walking through in life so absolutely thank you and Heidi same same two questions what is something um, you wish that people would stop saying to, uh, and how can people be more sensitive or supportive? I wish they would stop saying take my kids because I would. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they, yeah, children are a gift. And, um, you know, from someone who has three babies in heaven, I don't think that's funny. Whether you're being, I, most of the time they're just joking, but mm. I wish they stopped saying that because yeah. I don't, you know, trust, I would take your kids, trust me, if, and run to Mexico. I would. <laughs> but, um, so, <laughs> so I do, <laughs> I do wish they stopped saying that. Um, and as far as how they can be more supportive, I do have a ginormous, wonderful support system. This is going to be a little bit different than what Akima just said. I think just sit with me in the dark. You, yeah. you, know, you, don't, you just, just, you don't have to, you don't have to be my cheerleader. I, I appreciate it. I love it. But just, just, just being there for me is, is enough. Just being there, even if I am, 
And my poor twin, I got a Bessie, my twin sister. She's uh, my bullseye, you know, but, but she's so good at sitting with me in the dark. And so just, um, you know, sometimes all you have to do is do nothing. Just hug me and sit with me. And because I'm telling you, if how you have been through it, there really isn't. It's, it's a special group of people. And I love that. I call them my infertility sisters because because it's it's that classic phrase, if you know, you know, and mm-hmm. that's them. So just, uh, you know, I, I love the compassion. I love the support. But sometimes I just need you to sit with me in the dark. And I think what I'm hearing, thank you for I sharing like that. that, Heidi. I think what I'm hearing mm-hmm. is that um, for those who listening, you know, to this episode and you have someone in your life um, that have that is struggling with infertility, you just need to really know the relationship to be able to know how to support them. You may have the, the outgoing friend that wants to talk about it and has no qualms about it, but then you also have to discern and be sensitive when that friend um, or if that friend doesn't and just need you to sit and bring them some Panera soup. And can y'all tell I'm hungry? Um, you know. I'm right. Me too. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, definitely, you know, all of you guys um, here, I really appreciate the transparency. Um, and like I said, you know, we really want to bring to light a lot of these issues that we deal with. I think even before um, we solidified this topic, you know, we, we talked individually, each of the co-hosts, um, because, you know, I know miscarriages are very common and I want it to be sensitive. I didn't want to just shoot that over text and say, hey, this we're going to talk about. And then maybe, you know, never sharing that with everyone. And so I really, you know, definitely appreciate um, Danita, you sharing as well. Um, and for those listening, listen, if you've miscarried, you had angel babies and snow babies and even rainbow babies so those are the babies that you have you know after um, having a miscarriage and so you know it is um, definitely things that we will continue to keep here at our table we will keep this conversation going so that you know there's a safe place Um, so if you listen to this episode and you want to hear more things like this just let us know just you know definitely um, leave us comments and when we when you see the posting you know let us know like you know what you want to hear more of but I really think that when it comes to whether you decide to do um, in, uh, IVF or IUI or adoption or fostering or you just take all your nieces and nephews and all the neighborhood kids and you just love up on them the way that you do, right? Whatever is going to make sense for you and your spouse, that's where things need to be. You don't have to justify your decisions to anyone, um, but just know that you have a group of um, sisters here that will constantly encourage you and constantly pray for you and um until next time ladies so again thank you thank you all so much much. i just i cannot thank you enough for just being willing to just share like i said you know the whole premise is let's get these topics out here and just let people know we ain't the only ones dealing with them right we're not the only ones that are dealing with these struggles and how much more of a blessing we want to be to um, to each other and to the rest of our listeners. So, guys, um, I just wanted to really, really thank you one more time. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you, guys. And then we will um, we will catch you guys on the next go round. Peace.